This podcast provides general information about the law, not specific legal advice. The licensed attorney speaking on this podcast cannot take the place of a competent private attorney who can provide proper legal advice only after hearing the specific facts of your case. You're listening to Law and Caution, Protection Through Legal Education, brought to you by Legal Aid Center of Southern Nevada. Hello, my name is Josh Lozano. I'm a law student at William S. Boyd School of Law. I'm here today with two attorneys from the Consumer Rights Division here at the Legal Aid Center of Southern Nevada. First, I'd like to introduce Peter Aldos. He's a staff attorney with extensive experience representing consumers in bankruptcy, fair debt collection, foreclosure mediation, and payday lending cases. Next, we have Patty Walsh. She is an adult guardianship attorney who previously worked at the Department of Justice Tax Division and the United States Attorney's Office Criminal Division in the District of Nevada. That is correct. Thank you for having us, Josh. Yeah, wonderful. So thank you both for taking the time. Like always, links will be found in the description below. We also provide a free bankruptcy class every Friday at what time? Friday at 3 p.m. Friday at 3 p.m. It's free. Uh, You'll see the links. And it's actually taught here by uh, Peter himself. So uh, you're getting kind of a sneak preview if you attend the class. That's right. I I supervise the class. It's usually taught by students from the Boyd School of Law under my supervision. Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll just jump right into it. How declaring early can protect you. Um, So I just wanted to start real quick, a very general question. What is bankruptcy? Because to the common person, and even before I started working here and had an understanding of it, you know, there's all, all this uh, stigma associated with it. That's like, oh, your know, bankruptcy is really shameful. That's something you don't want your family to find out about, or maybe you should do everything humanly possible to avoid bankruptcy. You know, like selling your cars and doing that. So, how, just to start, general question: What is bankruptcy? Yeah, so bankruptcy is a federal court proceeding that helps people get rid of debt that they're unable to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could start with. We're going to cover two of them, basically the two common types of bankruptcy, which is Chapter Seven and uh, Chapter Thirteen. Want to start elaborating on it? We could start with uh, Chapter 7. Yeah. Chapter 7 is what we call a liquidation bankruptcy. And the idea is that if you have assets that the bankruptcy trustee can sell, they will use that money to pay your debt. There are not, other than, than by taking stuff from you, there are not other ways for you to pay your debt. And that's in contrast to Chapter 13, the other common kind of consumer bankruptcy, which does involve a multi-year repayment plan where you are taking money every month and, and putting that towards your debt. Okay. So for those in the audience, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the two big differences between Chapter 13 is uh, Chapter 7 is they look at what you have and whatever's not exempt, uh, they sell that towards your debt. And then if you can't pay the difference, uh, that's forgiven. Chapter 13, on the other hand, you would like to keep some of this, but instead you go on a payment plan. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a, a good summary of the differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So if you were going to, we could just start simple with chapter seven. What are some of the common things that you're going to be able to keep, but not keep when people come up to you and they ask, you know, things like, do I get to keep my house? Do I get to keep uh, my boat? Do I get to keep my three cars? Uh, How does this work? Yeah, Nevada has uh, its own list of bankruptcy exemptions. And every state around the country makes a decision. Either we're going to have our own list of what people get to keep in bankruptcy, or we're going to go with the standard list that the federal government provides. And in Nevada, we have a very generous set of exemptions, which means people get to keep almost everything usually when they file for bankruptcy. So chapter seven, 
cancels most ordinary types of debt. Is there any types of debt that doesn't get canceled for bankruptcy? Oh, most definitely, right, Pete? <laughs> oh, ab absolutely. There's, there's several categories of debt are, that are what we call non-dischargeable. And it starts mm -hmm. with, yeah, it starts with things like fraud. So if you incur a debt through fraud, you lie to somebody and you say, I am going to pay you all this money back if you just invest with me or you just give me this money and you know that's not true at mm -hmm. the time that you get the money, that debt is not dischargeable. But there's also, in addition to, to things like, uh, like fraud, like intentional injury, obviously, if you hurt somebody, you're responsible for, for their medical uh, costs or, or something like that. Um, in addition to those that you'd say sort of it's non-dischargeable because you've done something wrong, there are categories that are non-dischargeable just based on the type of debt. So for instance, a lot of tax debt is non-dischargeable. A lot of uh, alimony, child support, in fact, all alimony and child support, what they call domestic support obligations, not dischargeable in bankruptcy. And then there are um, things like student loans, which are not dischargeable in bankruptcy unless you can establish what's called an undue hardship, which means that it is too difficult for you to pay this debt back. And that's why it's not uh, going to, that's why it, it is going to be discharged in your bankruptcy. Just to summarize for the audience, so, you know, your credit card debt uh, that you accumulate over time, yes, however, you know, alimony, child support, if you got into a car crash, as you were saying, something that you caused, that's not a type covered under bankruptcy, right? So again, there, it's the idea that it's an intentional injury. If you accidentally run into somebody's car, that debt is most likely dischargeable in your bankruptcy. If you are angry at them, and so you run your car into their car repeatedly, um, if you punch somebody... If you do something like even defamation, where you are knowingly saying incorrect things, you're lying about somebody and you're causing harm to their reputation, that's an intentional injury. And the damages that someone is able to get by suing you for these intentional injuries are not dischargeable. They don't go away in bankruptcy. I absolutely agree with all of that. And it's uh, especially with the debts not being eliminated in bankruptcy and the fraud, uh, there's different parts of the code. Under the bankruptcy laws, there's something mm -hmm. called the bankruptcy code. And when you look at chapter seven, chapter 13, think of these as chapters in a book. And so chapter 13 is section 1308, 1307, whatever statutory provision it is, that's the chapter in the book that deals with repayments, reorganization, the three to five year plan. Chapter seven uh, is the chapter in the bankruptcy book, so to speak. And so that's where you can also look at the other chapters to see what is dischargeable, what is not, and what is eliminated and what is not, because there's a term called discharge or dischargeability. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but mm -hmm. that is an important thing that will come up. And going along with what Pete said with the, um, with the fraudulent statements, it's always, and this is certainly not legal advice, but it's always good when you file a petition for bankruptcy, mm -hmm. that's what starts the case. It's called a petition. And that's where a debtor is supposed to list all his, her, their assets, liabilities, and notify everybody of the bankruptcy. And one thing that might become an issue down the line is even if you don't know if you owe something or not, it's always good to list it because it may come back later as to whether or not this debt was disclosed properly and whether or not that can be discharged or eliminated. That's not quite the same as fraud, and I don't want to get too much into the weeds, mm -hmm. but that is something to think about as well. And that goes to the policy of bankruptcy, whereas bankruptcy is not supposed to be shameful. It's supposed to be a fresh start. But there's also that balancing of a debtor getting a fresh start, not having this burden, not feeling the shame anymore of having 
to deal with these debts, but also the creditors and others who are owed that balancing act of, do they get paid? How does that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and like we said, it's very important. You don't, you, we understand you're extremely stressed right now. Uh, we don't know what decisions or what happened in your life to put you in the position that you're uh, contemplating bankruptcy, but you don't want to make a bad situation worse by not following what Patty was talking about and not disclosing everything that you might possibly have. Because at the end of the day, if you file bankruptcy correctly, it might be a debt that you don't have to pay going forward. And you would hate to have to really gum up your uh, recovery process by not disclosing. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the that it's public record. So one thing too is a lot of people feel embarrassed about bankruptcy. Uh, and can you elaborate? Some people that hear about it, it's like, oh, I hear it's got to get published in the newspaper and people are going to read about it. And I'm afraid people are going to go on my court documents and they're going to see my spending habits that I did last summer. I didn't get my niece a, a Christmas present, but then they could see that I bought all these cars. Can you two just elaborate a little bit about that, about the people's fears of this being public? Absolutely, because it's something I hear a lot. And one of the things I usually tell people is, have you ever gone down to the bankruptcy courthouse and looked at the records? Have you ever like searched your neighbors mm -hmm. or like, uh, nobody ever does that. Yeah. Nobody cares. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, long enough to like go and investigate, especially when it comes to digging into the case itself. Mm -hmm. Because yes, bankruptcy is all about disclosure. It's all about saying, Look, you can see everything. My entire financial life is laid out. I really cannot afford to pay this debt. And that's why it's going to go away. And in exchange for that disclosure, um, you get the, the protection of the bankruptcy. But that disclosure is mostly to the court. It is to mm -hmm. the people who are overseeing the case. It is to your creditors, the companies that you owe money to. Who also, by the way, don't usually care that much. <laughs> um, these are companies, American Express, Discover, uh, Wells Fargo. They have built into their business model this idea that a certain percentage of our customers are not going to pay us back. And in mm -hmm. fact, they adjust how much they loan and who they loan money to in order to optimize that. And so they don't, they're not personally offended that you're not paying them back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same, um, same kind of motivation that people should take into bankruptcy is this is not me having failed in some important way where everyone's going to judge me for my failures. This is me making a common sense business decision, looking at my finances. I am not going to be able to get where I want to go with all of this debt following me around. So I am going to make this decision to file the bankruptcy now, to take whatever hit comes to my credit, and then to be able to rebuild, to be able to get a better credit report in the future, to be able to borrow money for the things that are important to me, and to not have so much of my income going into debt payments, paying off a debt that will never go away. Mm -hmm. And uh, Patty, you have anything to add about that? The public information and the shame and... I truly couldn't have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. No, I believe that touches upon everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we, we, I know we talked a little bit about the difference between Chapter 7 and Chapter 13. Uh, in Chapter 7, where they sell off what's not exempt. And we'll also uh, have links in the description to what's exempt, what's not, so you don't feel like you have to re-listen to this and write everything down. Um, and then, but chapter 13, so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, reorganization, I, th I believe you said liquidation chapter seven and then reorganization chapter 13. So the difference is instead of uh, selling everything except for what's exempt uh, and then just paying off the debt and then forgiving the difference, a uh, chapter 13 
elaborate a little bit about it with, with the payment plan and uh, keeping and... Sure. So one of the biggest requirements for Chapter 13 is regular income. Mm -hmm. It's a repayment bankruptcy, which means you have to have money coming in every month that will let you fund your bankruptcy plan. Mm -hmm. The biggest requirement in Chapter 13 usually is paying your disposable income to your creditors. And disposable income is the money you have left over after your necessary bills are paid. Mm -hmm. So for many people, they don't really have any disposable income, even once their debts go away. Those are the people who are a perfect fit for Chapter 7. Mm -hmm. If you have lost a job or you have a reduced income or you have medical conditions and so you just don't have the ability to pay the bills that come due every month, setting aside things like credit card payments, Chapter 13 is not for you. Mm -hmm. But if you just have too much debt, yes, you can afford to pay some of it, but you can't afford to pay all of it. Chapter 13 gives you a chance to reorganize, to shuffle stuff around, to prioritize what's important, to say, I need to pay for this car because this car gets me to work, which gives me the money to pay for everything else. I need to pay for this house. It's not so important that I pay for my payday loans, that I pay for my credit cards. They are going to get a little bit. And at the end of this three to five year plan, whatever I don't pay is going to go away. But the things that are important are going to get paid. To backtrack a little bit, you talk about how the companies kind of cook the numbers into the books. Like they're expecting part, part of this already. They're expecting, okay, we're going to have a percentage of people who are going to accumulate debt uh, with us. Uh, and a percentage of those people aren't going to pay it back. So therefore, they raise the general floor of the pricing to cover that. From the perspective of, of, you know, why is bankruptcy shameful? It's the idea that I am somehow not following through on my obligations to other people. Mm -hmm. And in the case of like, I borrowed money from my sister and my sister really needs that money paid back because mm -hmm. she's got her own kids. She's got her own bills to pay. That's different than saying, I borrowed this money from Barclays Bank or I borrowed this money from Wells Fargo. And... Wells Fargo is not going to go broke if I don't pay them back. In fact, like I said, they, they're just going to consider it a cost of doing business. And probably in a few years, they'll offer me another credit card. Mm -hmm. So people should not be afraid to file bankruptcy and let down the Bank of America's, the Wells Fargo's uh, of the world. Capital One is going to be just fine if you don't pay them back. They will find a way. Well, and oftentimes, uh, and I... I don't want to speak in generalities, but mm -hmm. oftentimes, generally speaking, credit card debt, there are certain exceptions with that is it's case by case basis. And of course, you always want to go out and consult an attorney or what have you or get legal advice if necessary. But secured debt is where a creditor or someone who an entity has owed money has gone to lengths to try to get the debt secured, which means that filed a lien or something like that to attach to state that you can't just get this wiped off for bankruptcy. Mm. Um for example, like credit cards, you can run up a bunch of credit card bills and there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, that's unsecured because a credit card company hasn't gone to court to try to sue you for that debt. They haven't tried they to don't attach it. Right. They haven't tried to file any documents or any lien against property. There's nothing to attach it to. And even then when you have, to, when it's attached, there's also rules to that, which I'll, I'll save everyone the pain of going into the weeds of that. But like for tax debt, there was always a saying where the king always gets paid. It's, it's something where it's just kind of like Pete said, it's built into the numbers. So it's not a situation where, I mean, look, things happen in life. People have credit card debts. They'll try to live day by day, week by week, trying to pay their bills. It's tough out there for everyone. 
medical cost, everything is going up. So there is no shame in it. And it's easy to sit there and say there's no shame when you're, but when someone is going through it, it's very real to them. And it is a very real thing, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I can't, I'm having a hard time doing this. I, I need help. And that's where you have these tools under the law to where you can get the help you need. If it meets if it's the resolution that might help you because there are always different ways to address an issue. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, there's, it's easier said than done sitting here and saying you should feel no shame and no one can tell you what you should or should not do, but no, it is a tool there to give a fresh start. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. And thank you for that. So, uh, for the audience, I hope you get a good understanding. It's basically, if, if you think that it's important enough that somebody, like, for example, the IRS, the, the big IRS, or a mortgage, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars, that they take the time to attach it compared to a credit card where your limit is $2,000 and it might not take the time to attach it, that's the key for it. Okay, perfect. And then, is there ever a point where it's just too late to file for bankruptcy? Uh, we understand that the earlier the better, but is there ever a point where it's the ship has sailed, uh, it's, it's out of the dock? It is very rare for it to be absolutely too late to file for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. I would say that the situation where it is just too late is when the debts are long past the statute of limitations and nobody ever sued you to collect mm-hmm. them. And, and then there's a question of, is it worth it to file a bankruptcy? Anytime prior to that, it's not too late. You can file a bankruptcy when you first see there's a potential for a problem. You can wait until you fall behind on your debt. You can wait until you get sued. You can wait until you get sued, you lose the lawsuit, and they are taking money out of your paycheck. Mm -hmm. You can wait until they've gotten a lien against your house. It's almost never too late to file for bankruptcy. But that doesn't mean that waiting as long as possible is the best course of action. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bankruptcy will stay on your credit report for either seven or 10 years. And the sooner you file it, the sooner it comes off. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. I mean, it's it's never too late until it is too late. But Peter made some great examples, uh, gave some great examples of that. You know, sometimes... You might get a call from a client or someone saying, oh my gosh, there's a trustee sale or there's a notice of foreclosure sale happening tomorrow morning at nine and you're getting the call at 4.45 PM in the afternoon. <laughs> Is it too late? And <laughs> I won't say I haven't done that before. Right? <laughs> I don't want to do that again. Um, yeah. What Patty makes a good point, which is that when your house goes into foreclosure in Nevada, there is a point where it is sold and where you are never going to be able to get it back. That doesn't mean that you can't still file a bankruptcy to deal with whatever brought you into this situation where you lost your house, but the bankruptcy is not going to help you save your house. Mm. And I think you can, we can go a lot further into that idea, which is that bankruptcy frequently isn't the best way for dealing with housing situations, especially chapter seven bankruptcy, because chapter seven bankruptcy will get rid of your debt, but your mortgage is a secured debt in contrast to the unsecured debts that credit cards we talked about. If you don't pay your mortgage, even if you file for bankruptcy, you can still lose your home because the mortgage company can still foreclose. Their lien remains even though the bankruptcy was filed. Mm -hmm. Chapter 13 bankruptcy can be a great way of saving a home if you've tried other ways and they're not working for you because it's a repayment bankruptcy and you have a chance to catch up on things. You can catch up on mortgage payments. You can catch up on car payments. You can catch up on child support or alimony payments. But in chapter 7... If you are facing foreclosure, it's unlikely that a bankruptcy is going to make much of a difference. Um, And kind of the same works for eviction, where if you're facing eviction, 
And you're saying, well, bankruptcy will save me. Bankruptcy will get rid of the past rent debt. Mm -hmm. But if there's already been an eviction order entered against you, the bankruptcy won't even stop the eviction. And if there has not been an eviction order entered against you, the bankruptcy court will get out of the way fairly quickly if the landlord asks them to. So you can end up right back there in eviction court. Mm, Okay. All right. And then what we'll do is we're going to take a quick break. And then after we're going to do a game show called The Truth, where we ask these attorneys to guess some answers to random bankruptcy related questions. We'll be right back. Have any questions about representing yourself in small claims court? Curious about bankruptcy or the process involved for sealing your criminal record? Legal Aid Center of Southern Nevada has partnered with the William S. Boyd School of Law to offer free legal education classes open to all available either in person or online. Each class is instructed by law students under the expert supervision of a licensed attorney, dedicated to providing you with a solid foundation to navigate the complex legal world. There are a wide range of classes from guardianship, divorce, and custody, litigation and trial preparation, tenants' rights, collection-proof classes, and more. While these classes are educational, the student's supervising attorney do not and cannot provide legal advice. Please visit www.lacsn.org. All right, and then we're back. So now what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do the truth game show, asking these attorneys some random statistics related to bankruptcy. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I feel comfortable using legal jargon in everyday life. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. No. All right, so based on the trend of bankruptcies cases being filed in Nevada from 2018 uh, to now, do you think there's more? I, I think that it was going down and it may have just started to pick up. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's going to pick up a lot more. But what happened is in 2018, there was about 9,000 bankruptcy cases filed in Nevada. And then in 2022, there's only 5,300 bankruptcy cases filed. So almost a 4,000 difference. Uh, That's also maybe one reason we made this episode to let people know, hey, they were doing it before. If it'll help you, you should do it now. So the next question is, what percentage of those who filed bankruptcy are repeat filers? As in, uh, they filed one bankruptcy in the past, and at some point in the future, they filed it again. 40%. 40%. Yeah, I'd say about 40-50%. See, I thought this I thought it was going to be something like that too, but after I looked it up, they said uh, repeat filers only count for 8%. Wow. So, if you're someone who files bankruptcy and you go through it, you're unlikely to file again. And then the last one is um, the two top cited reasons uh, surveyed that people file bankruptcies. This is very open-ended. Well, I'm going to guess medical debts on the list. Mhm. I would guess house, foreclosure house. So foreclosure was in the top five, but you're right. It's actually medical expenses and people saying they lost their jobs. Those are the two number one reasons, but house too. Uh, They say about 58% of all bankruptcy filers agreed that medical expenses contributed to the reason that they did it. So those are the big reasons. And if you are listening to this and you fit into one of those categories, uh, then maybe bankruptcy is something you should think about and something that you should consult a uh, private attorney for. But other than that, is there anything else you two wanted to add about this topic? 
No, but I think I do think that ties into our overall message, which is if you have medical debt, it's not because you chose to have medical debt because you made bad choices and now you're sick. You just got sick mm -hmm. and maybe you weren't able to work as much. Maybe you got big medical bills. And even if you had insurance, it didn't cover the bills that you have. So you shouldn't be ashamed that you now have to file a bankruptcy. It's almost like just another medical procedure to get you back on track. That's a good way to look at it. It's basically another medical procedure because you didn't make those health choices. You were just given the cards you were dealt. And then now uh, with the cards you're given, you should play this hand, which is possibly think about bankruptcy. But thank you, both of you, Patty, uh, Peter, thank you for taking the time. All the links will be in the description below. Please make sure to check out the uh, Legal Aid Center's website for more information. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to Law and Caution, Protection Through Legal Education. Links to helpful resources can be found in the description. Have a great day.